Welcome to Inspire Others and the Guide to Awesomeness podcast, powered by Coldwell Banker Ronan Realty. Join us as we explore how to unleash your inner awesomeness with some of the most inspiring people in all industries. I'd like to welcome you to the Guide to Awesomeness. Today, we have Caitlin, Carly, and Paige Fulton, the Fulton sisters from C21, Percy Fulton, a long line of history behind you. And I want to start by saying congratulations on being the number one office in Toronto by production. Huge. Thank you. Yeah. You guys probably had a celebration, I hope. No. Not yet. (laughs) You've got to have a party for that. On to the next. (laughs) On to the next, right? That's how it goes. Well, I wanted to start by just saying that I love how you're able to really have fun and be authentic and be super productive because I do find a lot of people get caught up right now, especially right now. And things are maybe a little bit different and things are changing. People maybe get a little bit like they have to be super busy and like really serious to get things done. And you don't, you can have fun and you can be authentic and you guys are showing that. So thank you for that. I'm going to start with fun and I'm going to ask, I have three questions uh, because I want to know kind of what makes you guys tick, what you love. Uh, So number one is what is your pre-game pump up song? What is your favorite movie? And what is your favorite place to shop? I guess I'll go first. I'm Carly Fulton. Um, Pump up song would be some sort of EDM house song. Right now it would be Gorgon City Voodoo, but it does change depending on what song I would, we call it track killing when you play the same song over and over. Favorite movie would be Elf, just a random Christmas movie. Fashion (laughs) would be probably Zara. So I'll go second since I'm the middle sister, but I'm Caitlin. My pump up song is Pursuit of Happiness, something that always gets me going. I think Paige introduced me to that one. Or The Business by Tiesto, which is a infamous Fulton Sisters theme song on Instagram there. Favorite movie would be Wolf of Wall Street. And favorite place to shop would be probably Zara and Lululemon. And I'm Paige, number three sister. So same with Carly. I love EDM music, anything with a deep bass. It depends on the week of what I'm track pulling. Uh, but I would say my alter ego name is Rage. So Born to Rage by Dada Life is a good one. Favorite movie for a comedy, Crazy Stupid Love. Uh, something more serious, Demolition. And favorite shopping would be Zara. Awesome. And like I said, I think I knew it was going to be Zara, but I had to ask anyways <laughs> in case there was any new favorites. Uh, you can't really go wrong with Zara. And I have to ask, how many times do you play a track? to track hill like my commute can be 30 minutes and i'll play at the entire 30 minutes <laughs> that's a pretty serious track yeah yeah i'm a little nervous i don't even know what track killing is these girls are <laughs> they're bringing me to my first festival this weekend to veld so i have no idea what i'm getting into but track killing is kind of concerning <laughs> i'm with you kayla I, not, I had not heard it before <laughs> we're gonna do it i love learning something new every day and that is the new one where is veld Veld is at Downsview Park in Toronto. Ah, oh, I think I actually remember. Did you guys attend last year? Paige and I did last year. So now Caitlin's will be her first time. Yay. Fun <laughs> team building. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys all came to real estate from obviously your third generation, but you did go out, you got jobs in different industries. And that was a big part of kind of learning and coming back to real estate. So how has your lifestyle changed since you've come back to real estate? It's changed a lot. So I was in healthcare as a cardiac sonographer for about seven years. 
uh, just working nine to five in the hospital. My first hospital job, I was on call as well. So first of all, my times have changed. I'm definitely working way more than I was in the hospital, if you can believe it or not. And that's changed quite a bit. But at the same time, I also have a little bit more freedom as well. So running your own business is a little bit different. So it does bring a different type of work ethic than it would in a more structured hospital environment. I think we were already prepared for that just growing up with dad, walking around with a pager and always on call, walking off to the side of every family event to kind of pick up the phone. So it's not something that was unknown to me coming into the industry, but it was definitely different than coming from the healthcare background. But it's also changed my lifestyle in terms of being able to also purchase and invest in real estate too. So it adds just a little bit of a different layer of having more investment opportunities as well. Yeah, multiple streams of income. I came from corporate life. So that looks like 60 to 80 hours a week. I was working like really long hours and sort of grinding and like climbing the career ladder. And I got really high in it. But then I realized like I'm doing all this work and I'm, you know, I'm getting a salary and a nice bonus, but it's still not my my baby. I'm doing you know, other someone else's goals. And I used to always get in trouble for coming into work after nine o'clock. Like I could not get into work for nine. Like I would get in around nine thirty ten was like my time. And in corporate land, that was like not an okay thing. It didn't matter if you were working till like 11 midnight, like it did not matter. You had to be there between eight to nine. Cause that was like the rule. I couldn't do it. Like I've gotten in trouble every single job I had, even though I was like climbing this ladder. That was the one thing my bosses hated about me was that I'm not a morning person. And In real estate, I can take a longer morning time. I can have sort of that coffee and have a longer time knowing that I'm going to be working still another 10 to 12 hours that day, but I still get that morning, which is mine. So it seems like such a weird thing, but that's changed a lot. Yeah, and I also came from corporate life too. And same thing, I worked uh, like eight to four typically, and I had a lot of downtime in the evening. It's nice because you can work your own hours. So if you're going to, you know, like a vacation or something, you can bring your laptop in, still be able to contribute and still be able to work, which before I had to be physically in the office to get what I needed to be done. So at least there is some flexibility with that, but definitely like hours and a lot more time. But when you're doing something that you love, it just feels it feels like a better fit. That's awesome. Yeah. And I was gonna say I'm sure you're still working while you're having your coffee in the morning. You know, let's face it, right? You're on the email. That is the nice thing. That's the joy of real estate as it comes with you. It's always, there's always a blessing and a curse. They're usually the same thing, right? So you can do it anywhere, but you can do it anywhere. (laughs) I know. We love to travel a lot too. So it's nice, which is different than traveling in our previous careers where you could travel and just shut off for the week. And now when you're traveling, you're most likely on your laptop or answering calls and emails still, but still enjoyable. But yeah, you're definitely bringing work with you everywhere. Yeah. And now, but like you said, it's yours. It's your baby now. Right. And you guys get to, I think it's awesome. I have a sister. I'm very close with her. And so to get to share it with your sisters too, I'm sure is a lot of fun. Oh yeah, I love that you guys sell real estate and also recruit and mentor agents because in this industry, as you know, there's always been this big push for non-selling leadership, which I experienced in my early years of being licensed. And I would get frustrated because They usually weren't there, first of all, when I needed them at eight o'clock at night when the deal was going south and they hadn't done a deal in a long time. So I love that our industry is coming back to more of a selling leadership, which allows you guys to really mentor your agents. And that being said, what is the one thing, knowing that you sell and that you mentor, that you wish every agent would do right now that would increase their business? I wish they would respond a little quicker. We may be on the 
crazy side for respond times. But honestly, I think if they could just respond a little bit quicker than they are today, not necessarily like within 30 seconds, but like within the day, I think they would literally take your business a little further. I think that's such an underrated, underestimated non-skill, but skill is just response time. Like you said, just responding to clients, to agents, to anyone, like inquiries and not just getting a lead and responding the next day or something like that. Your client has a question and just being resourceful and figuring out the answer and responding, even if you don't know the answer, but you're like, hey, I don't know the answer, but I'll go figure it out. So at least you're quick, responsive and resourceful are very underrated yeah. things right now. we're starting to notice a trend with the guys coming from school which is awesome because in school you're you're learning just sort of basic foundations you're not learning sales or marketing or growing a business but i think there's a perception that to call a lead back you have to have some sort of like script or you have to rehearse or have the information in front of you like be in front of mls or be on a computer and you don't it's that that first initial call is not a, necessarily a scripted call that's just like an instant connection like even if you're on the road you can't necessarily answer it in full got your message, will respond ASAP. But that like initial connection really makes a huge difference in a random lead, a stranger or somebody you know, but just knowing that you're kind of on top of it. And on top of that, I guess having systems as well and systemizing just communication is part of a system. So like when you get a lead, what do you do next? When you get someone saying, hey, I want to buy a house, what's the system that you're doing to prepare like for a listing presentation or what are you doing to prepare for a buyer consultation? So just having systems in your business is also something everyone talks about, but no one really knows what that means. So if someone's looking to leverage to that next level, I think systems is honestly what has changed our business, not only just as sales reps, but as a brokerage, having systems for every single thing. That's what's really going to help to increase your business and make it a little less chaotic as well. And you're right, because we're kind of in the game, we have the systems. When we get a listing, we know steps A through Z. So when an agent comes to us and says, I got a new listing, we're like, awesome, amazing. Here's what you do. It's like very, we just give it to them and they just need to follow it. It's not complicated, but it is organized. It is a system. It is time. There's a purpose to it. Yeah. And you have to do it for it to work. And you have to do it. That's the trick with systems. Well, you don't have to. And that's, I, <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's it too, right? And you can lead them to it and you can hand somebody a system but they really have to want to follow along. But I think that's great advice. And I think that responding right away and just having that really helpful approach, uh, like you said, goes a really long way. And first impressions, first impressions are so important. And so you guys must have awesome systems because you do work as a team. And I understand and can appreciate in real estate how much teams need those systems to keep your communication straight. I also know that working with family can be even harder than just working with a team of people. And so what's the one piece of advice that you could give people who are working with family, probably on a team in real estate? Oh, man, I think you got to separate the two. You have to separate personal life and business life. And sometimes things may not be nicely directed at you if it's related to the business. But we have to remember, it's not a personal attack on anything. It's purely we're making business decisions, stay at the boardroom, and then we have family decisions which we keep as much as we can to the side. But I think you got to keep the two separate. I know you guys have done some conflict management with us as well. <laughs> For family, we also hired a consultant. So we work with a third-party consultant who, before we got into business, worked with us. So before we all quit our jobs, we met with this person. Uh, his name's Wayne Einhorn. Uh, once every two weeks, and we kind of figured out where we would fit with the company and uh, what our strengths are, what our weaknesses are. 
And uh, Carly initiated personality tests with all of us too to see how we all react to conflict, how we like to be motivated, and how we can kind of better work together when we get in those different stress modes. So we really made an effort to really understand each other. And Carly had a big part of that. We did full questionnaires, I guess, on like Paige was saying, like how we handle conflict. Like, for example, if I'm stressed out, they both know that I like to be left alone. Whereas Carly's the complete opposite and would want to talk things out if she was going through problems. So we've just had to figure out what makes each other tick and that we're each very different. And then we're able to kind of understand and work with each other differently based on our personal needs as well. You have to prioritize like your own feelings and kind of figure out between at least between the three of us, okay, who needs more love today? Like whose stress reaction wins today? Because they're not all going to be complimentary all the time. So you do have to compromise a little bit and just decide like in priority wise, like who really needs that energy today and sort of prioritize that person. I love that. I think it was I was watching wasn't the full podcast, but Brene Brown, I think, who said whoever says like in marriage, everyone should be giving 100% all the time or or a partnership or any type of partnership, right? Because no one's running at 100% all the time. So you've got to be able to kind of lift up the one that needs the lifting up in the day. So yeah, exactly. very good advice. What platform do you guys use to communicate as a team? Oh, man, we use a lot of different tools. I'd say our most daily used tool is probably WhatsApp. Um, we talk to each other on that. We have hundreds of people on a WhatsApp through our brokerage. So we have communications there. We even have like little groups of agents with the three of us as well. So if they need like an extra support. So WhatsApp's probably our biggest day-to-day communication tool. Facebook and Zoom are what we use for like hosting training and like meetings and stuff like that. Am I missing? We keep things simple. We're not using like a Slack or a Monday. Like that kind of stuff is really high tech and cool, but it's just little, we're just, Keep trying to keep it simple, honestly. We don't need fancy apps or tools or anything. Google Drive we'll use a lot. Like all of our goals are on one Google sheet that we all have access to. And that gets updated sort of throughout the year and mid-year for sure. And then the last part of the year. So that's sort of like our check-in to say, okay, what do we say we're going to do at the beginning of the year? Where are we at today? And we each have individual goals. And that comes from corporate world when you're doing your performance reviews and you're getting lined up for your bonus. So that's where that comes from. And so we work organized that way. But it's nothing fancy in terms of like project management type tools. We all have accountability for what we each need to do at the brokerage and within our sales team. And we're seven years in now. So we kind of know where our world are and kind of what, what we're like. When we get a listing, we know who does what sort of thing. That comes from systems again. Yeah. Everyone has their checklists and, yeah. and away checklists you go. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. And then on to the next. So your social media. Awesome. Awesome. That's where I found you guys. And like I said, I believe it was somewhere at the beginning of COVID and, and you guys were really kind of oh, no. the weird phase. having fun though. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we're much here fun. Nobody else was here. <laughs> it was just us and our front desk staff. So. so I know you have like almost 500 agents now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost 500 agents. Staff-wise, like we have front desk staff here, meaning like they type up offers, do broker loading, ordering signs, that kind of thing. So there's between four and five during the day. And on weekends, like up till nine o'clock as well. And then we have three page runs of deal admin, well, three deal admin. And then about six managers, I guess, including us running the show, I guess, behind the scenes. Yeah. So meeting with agents and and helping out and being an extension of you guys, right? You can only be in three places (laughs) at once. (laughs) It's just better than one, but still only three. (laughs) Um, but back to your social media. So like I said, you guys have had fun, but you still bring facts and you bring real advice and the investment side of it. 
So just I want to give realtors out there an idea of like how many hours a week are you spending on creating and sharing that content on average? Of course, I know it varies. Oh, man. I would say it's not as much as people probably think. Mm -hmm. Maybe a few hours a week on maybe a couple posts a week. And then I don't want to say it's a lot of time because most of the like our stories and stuff are really just what we're currently doing in the moment. So it's not like a lot of the stuff is planned behind the scenes there. So maybe a couple hours a day on that and then engaging with outside people. But it's definitely not as much as probably people would think. I think only about 7 to 10% of our business comes from there. So I'm only going to be spending a little bit of time doing most of the social media. That said, what takes Caitlin maybe three hours a week, what takes yes. me 10 to 15 hours a week. So Fair. she says that politely. But to like somebody that's not, not naturally there, you know, Caitlin's done a lot of skill training and to, to get herself to that point. So she can do it a little more quick than someone like mm-hmm. me. Yeah, the keys not have analytical brain. Which yeah. 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 yeah, it'll take me literally a whole day to produce a reel. And like, to pot, like it's crazy. It's long. These girls don't <laughs> post as much because it'll take me like well. five minutes to whip yeah. up a, like a reel. My yeah. brain goes very creative and I'll go. But yeah, like some people are very analytical and overthink it. And then they think the music and what looks good. And I don't think social media has time for that. <laughs> so a lot of the time, it's just me whipping things up that come up on my brain. But it's not a planned thing. I don't have a planner that auto posts or anything like that. It's literally as I'm thinking of it. And it's usually when I'm at home during my coffee time, like when it's quiet, that's when I'm posting. And then throughout the day, I'm in the office doing what I need to do day to day. And the mornings or evenings are when I'm doing my main posts. That's excellent. Yeah. And it it doesn't have to take a long time, but the trick is to do it. Yeah. Those that do have, I always say, if you have a really analytical brain, then find someone else who will hit post or upload or whatever you want to say, because I find that's always where people get to, right? Like you're like, you do it all and then you're like, I hate it. Yeah. yeah. The advice for realtors would be get get the help, like delegate that part of it, but don't make it so cookie cutter where it's like, you know, the canvas sort of banners and that kind of thing. Still try to get that person to know you authentically so it still comes across as you, but definitely delegate the help if, if you're not suited for it. Yeah. If you can't hit post, find somebody who can. Yeah, exactly. Teamwork makes the dream work. That being said, so on the tech uh, subject, are you using AI at all in your business and how are you using it? Yeah, I think ChatGPT is probably the main AI tool that we're using right now. I use it a lot. I think you guys do, but it's been pretty like life-changing. Not life-changing, but like it's saved me a lot of time. Like captions actually on Instagram, for example, would take me some time where I'd be like looking up Google images for quotes. And <laughs> now I can just go on ChatGPT and look up motivational quotes to put on Instagram. So it's definitely actually helped a lot with um, social media email blasts as well. Sometimes we even get agents that'll message us saying, a client said this to me, how do I respond? And sometimes we'll head on over to ChatGPT and kind of help come up with some responses as well for our agents. If I'm doing training presentations, it can help me organize my thoughts sometimes. So I heavily use ChatGPT. I think yeah, do you guys they, use it too. Yeah. And property descriptions. Yes. <laughs> property descriptions is massive. That's what most agents can use. It's changed the game and uh, and you have to edit it a little bit here and there. But of course, anything that helps, right? With shaving down on the time spent. Yeah. Excellent. And so what trends do you guys see? If, do you see any trends coming down the pipeline in the real estate industry? With like, I think, relation to AI, I think what I'm hearing is AI is going to come in, especially for property searches. 
So for example, if you've got a client looking for a white kitchen, apparently the AI is going to maybe observe the photo, see white kitchen, and it's only going to send your clients uh, listings with white kitchens. So I can see AI really coming into play for making uh, property searches a lot better for clients for sure. Yeah, I think that the tech world is going to get crazy. It's almost a little too crazy this year. So I think agents need to be really careful about what they want to use and not have to dive into everything, but pick the couple tools that work well for you, that streamline things for you. But, you know, we have an older generation at our brokerage and they're getting a little nervous. So our message to them, don't worry about every single new piece of tech that's coming at you. Just try to learn a little bit, keep those and leave the rest and just don't be so overwhelmed because I I think we're going to experience a little bit of tech overwhelm. So we've got to be a little bit careful. Yeah. And it's still a relationship business at the end of the day. And like you said, I think that's an interesting stat from your... So 7 to 10% of your business comes from social media. And the rest, I'm assuming, is from your sphere of influence. Yeah. A lot of it's sphere of influence, referrals, repeat business, the traditional ways that have always been here since probably the 70s, since we started the brokerage. It's still what works. <laughs> exactly. Right. A lot of people out there chasing online leads and paying for things and spending money when really picking up the phone or like you say, writing down your database and your CRM. I've heard you guys talk about that. I've shared it with our agents, the clips of you guys. Like it's so simple. So simple. And any predictions for the market? I know this is a loaded question, um, but I'd love to just pick your brain. Any predictions for the fall market for 2023? I think it's going to be okay, but still not going to be amazing i think 2024 and will be like back to sort of more healthy uh, amazing good but i think it's going to be a decent fall but i think people still got to hunker down and and do the work and i mean in our business we're dealing with regular everyday people who are downsizing first-time home buyers like people are still doing stuff so our business will be okay because we're working with sort of everyday people who are making life changes right but depending on what what niche you're in and what market you're in, you're going to have some changes. But I think it's going to be a tough fall and it's going to be better than what it is today. But Yeah, I'm predicting it'll be a little bit better than spring. Depending on the interest rates, it could kind of go either way. We might see more homes hitting the market once those rates go up. Maybe people can't afford those new rates or people just want to get in now. But it's going to be, I think it's going to be a really interesting fall. Like The summers so far has been very similar to other summers in terms of um, how slow it's been but i don't know september is going to be interesting to see i agree i think we're something to watch out for too would be maybe some more powered sales we're starting to see some of those trickle in now mainly from uh, those that received private lending uh, one to two years ago so depending on their renewal terms i think it's a good idea for you to keep close to those clients that you perhaps helped buy one or two years ago that might be up for renewal and just give them really sound advice, tell them to speak to them worth brokers and just give them some confidence and some calming. If they need help, just help them navigate that situation as well. Encourage your clients not to be scared to reach out if they are in that situation because there might be some opportunities or solutions for them as well to get them out of like their financial situations, hopefully. Yeah, there's always options and just need to know where to go, right? And there's a lot of brokers out there and that's great advice page because I think so many people wait too long, whether it's a realtor to reach out to everybody or it's a seller or somebody who's uh, maybe needs to get out of a situation. Yep. I think the fall market, um, it will be interesting, uh, very much dependent on interest rates, but we are still very much... Your market report just came out today, right? And the numbers really aren't that bad. So yeah, there's a lot of doom and gloom in the media, but when you when you actually look at the numbers, people are still moving. People need to still move around there's not enough homes. There's lots of young people. And I'm sure you guys are seeing kind of that 
because you're right on on the border of well, actually, my grandparents are from Coburg, so I know you're not on the border of Coburg, but that's like your you know your Hamptons, right? Is out that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're seeing people probably move just shift a little bit further towards the Hamptons and enjoy the country life, and I think you're right. That's always going to happen. So I guess we'll all see. And do you guys have any must-attend events that are coming up in the next couple months that you're going to be at? The one I'm going to, I'm going to be seeing John Cheplak actually in Lake Tahoe in September. Uh, I don't know if you know Cheplak, but I saw him at Inman in New York and his message really clicked for me for some reason. So now I'm going to go do a two-day event with him. Excellent. Buzz Conference is usually a good one to go to. That's one that we typically participate in. Quite often, I don't think we'll be at the one in the fall, but um, that one's, they usually have a few events throughout the year that I think are pretty good. It's mostly agents that are speaking. It's a good place to network and kind of meet other people as well. And our dad is currently looking at us through the window. <laughs> Hi, dad. And then what else in fall? Usually the, the coaches start to come out in the fall too. So we might start to see Richard Robbins, Barry, Buffini. They typically come in the fall and we always encourage our agents to kind of go see what all the coaches are up to out there just to kind of get a different voice than just hearing us all the time can probably get a little bit boring. So we do encourage our agents to go check out what those coaches are up to as well. Center 21 does a conference every year as well, Canadian conference. So we'll be there in October and that's a great opportunity for networking, for referral business across Canada. So whether your brokerage does something like that, everyone should attend in a, in a bigger global kind of way because yeah. you can get some referral business that way. Yes, yeah. yeah, so you're just in Vancouver. Good. For the Canadian, the CV. Where are you guys going for conference? Calgary. Nice. That'll be a good time. Yeah, that one'll be good. Yeah. Really good time. Yeah. We're really in the same family. I know a lot of people don't know that, but C21 and yeah. Global Banker and Sotheby's. So we're all under the anywhere. Anywhere. Anywhere brand. So I feel like we're kind of like cousins. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, before we go, there's three questions that we ask every guest. And so I'm going to ask them and I'll, if you all want to chip in or if somebody wants to answer, I'll leave it up to you. The first one is, what is something you do or use to ensure you're always striving to work productively? Think systems, checklists, <laughs> having your to-do list. And I guess uh, we meet regularly to go over our goals as well, what we accomplish within the year and five years. Yeah, that's really helped actually for us. So us as sisters, we have a one pager. So we have a one page of our sales goals for like the current year, five year, 10 year. And then we have one as a brokerage level. Carly always prints it up, puts it on the board. And like, so we're always reminded we have what each person is responsible for, what our big goals are, and then how we're going to get there. And we revisit quite often, actually, we just did it in July. And then typically, like we'll revisit, reassess and some goals change throughout the year. And so we tend to go back onto our goal sheets as well. And then I'd say also having a business coach. So we also have a coach and we encourage a lot of people out there to have someone that you can meet with every couple of weeks just to kind of go over strategies and ideas. And I think that's a great start there to kind of keep you on track as well. Absolutely. And there's lots of places to get those types of checklists and goals. I don't know if you guys use like a specific one or if you made your own, but there's a book called Traction and the EOS system and they have those types of checklists for those that don't have their own or aren't systems people. I'm actually creating one right now. It's um, our Systems for Success program. So we are releasing like a, an ebook a little bit and then also our systems course as well. So that's kind of in the works right now for agents too. Excellent. That's awesome. That's going to be available like through your social worldwide? Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. And one habit that has transformed your life? 
we're so bad, honestly, because the way that our we were raised, like, we're just kind of, like, get up and go to work. Like, we didn't have a choice. Like, that was just, how, like, there was no option. We just had to do it. No, like, morning meditation. There's no, like... <laughs> we're, not, I'm not, we're not journaling. I'm not, like, at 5 a.m. Like, wake up. Like, I just have a cup of coffee, sit outside, check my emails, and go to work. <laughs> I don't yeah. have to explain it. I guess Claire always tells us to finish the circle. So, like, if you're starting something, like, finish that task fully before you move on to something else. He's really good at completing his tasks. And he, once the circle's complete, you can move on to the next. So, I think that would be a habit. It's a habit. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very good habit. So many people have a million browsers open, right? Yeah. I think it's also something that's, like, kind of transformed us a little bit over the years was just the way we see rejection a lot. So like earlier in our career, we would think of like, um, if we got rejected from say, like a client, or maybe an agent decided they didn't want to work with us, we used to take that uh, like a lot to heart. But since we've grown, now we're realizing there's so many more opportunities out there. And if one says no, it's not the end of the world or anything. It's a good learning lesson for us. But usually something better is on the other side of that door. So Usually now when we see rejection, we just think, okay, well, something else is in the works for us. So I think changing our mindset over the years has really changed the way we run our business too. We're not taking things as personal as we used to. Well, you guys are coming up like so seven years now, right? You've been at the the helm. Yeah, I just got my certificate yesterday, I think, in the mail. (laughs) Yeah, and and you're kind of growing into it and... And uh, you do find that, yeah, there's, you can, I see people chase things all the time and you think if you would just let it go, you make space for the new. Exactly. If you could write a chapter in the guide to awesomeness, what would the title be? I chat GBT this. <laughs> I love it. I, I, I found an option. <laughs> and the one I would write is uh, leaving a legacy. So making a lasting impact. That was the chapter I would pick. How <laughs> would I agree with I also chat GBT of mine too. That was like the toughest question of all of them. Mine was elevate your awesomeness through kindness. Oh, I love it. I love them both. <laughs> she usually does, actually. <laughs> yeah. I got made last time for like researching all my questions. So I try to be casual. We, we did more research. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I'm sure everyone's going to appreciate it. And I'm. we could go on and on and on, um, but I won't take up any more of your time. Hopefully we can uh, revisit again, maybe even next year and uh, and chat some more and dig some more into it and some, celebrate more of your successes. In the meantime, though, I hope you guys have fun this weekend. Thank, Thank you so much. You. It was nice to be here and meet you and chat. Yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll see more of each other soon, I'm sure, but uh, definitely have fun. And I'm going to maybe track kill on my way home today because I learned something new. <laughs> exactly. You're going to enjoy that one song. Over yeah. and over. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. Have a wonderful day and say hi to your dad for me. I love watching him on social media too. <laughs> okay, Thanks, Sarah. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining me for another awesome episode. Whether you're already on the road to awesomeness or just starting out, be sure to join us next time for a dose of motivation, education, and entertainment.